Hi, I'm Tyler Yules. Welcome to How the Grades Do It. Love it. We are back for another episode of How the Grades Do It. Super excited. We have Maureen Morris. She is with us. She's a go-to-market leader that's really worked in tech and SaaS uh, for the last 24 years. And so super excited to hear from you and um, get some some few nuggets of information. We are excited. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I love that. You know, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how you started and maybe just a kind of a, a bird's eye view of your background? Um, we'd love to hear that. Yeah. So um, I've made a career um, of sales 24 years ago. Um, I had no choice um, as I came out of college, but to go into sales per my sister-in-law, who was a VP at ADP. Uh, and she said, all right, well, get your suit, you're going for an interview and you're going to be a salesperson. And so from that day on, um, I started there. I went to training for two weeks. I got my foundational, say it, you know, the foundation that I've built upon over the years. And um, I realized that's, I love it. I love that. I love that for you. Um, you know, we, we're going to have to send your sister a gift basket or something because it sounds like she she knew best. You know, a lot of times it only takes one person to really see that the potential in us to help um, push us into the role that we need to. And so sounds like your sister was one of those people. Like, did you have any other, any other people throughout your career that really saw um, saw you and said, hey, like you're destined for more. You're destined for this type of type of role. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as I progressed on. Um, I moved on to various other companies and, um, there was actually one woman who ended up being my, um, boss for a number of years, but she wasn't at the time she was in a different division and she sort of took me under her wing and she saw the things that I was doing, um, at the company and she ended up leaving and called me and said, I want you to. I want you to come with me. And I said, well, I mean, I just got promoted here and things are going great. (laughs) Uh, As much as I admire you and I really like you, I don't want to go somewhere. Um, And she was so convincing that she said, oh, no, 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 you're coming. So I ended up, um, I had had, had a baby. I dropped my six-week-old baby off at daycare and I went. Um, with Beth is her name. And I started a career and she said, you're going to come. I know you want the management piece. That was your hesitation. She said, come in, be an individual contributor, prove yourself. I know you're going to. Um, And I did. And then I got fast tracked to to management. So she was somebody that, you know, she believed in me. Um, and for the number of years that I worked directly for her, um, it was that, you know, you can do anything you put your mind to type of mentality with her. And, um, so yeah, she made a significant, significant impact on my life. I love that. You know, were there any, um, significant turning points or challenges that maybe shaped your approach to sales? I know that, you know, obviously you you started busting down doors for ADP, but, um, a lot of times as you transition to different industries and clients, right? Like the, the approach somewhat changes. So I'd love to hear if there's, there was something that happened that 
really formed into the into the the leader and or even the salesperson back then. Yeah, so one hundred percent. So I I share this story all the time. Um, two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. Yeah. Um, probably dating myself a little bit. Um, well, for some of yeah, the, I mean, for some of the younger listeners that are on here. Uh, <laughs> but it it the story is a good one and it's impactful and it's um you know, up to the 2008, 2009, which was the worst recession that we've ever experienced. Absolutely. Um, I was working in human resources at the time, a software that was from a recruitment perspective. And um, the world stopped. Just thousands and thousands of people were laid off from jobs. There were no companies hiring. And so being in a space where you rely on your sales, rely on selling to these human resources and individuals to hire people. And that just shut down. Um, I kind of said, all right, I just took on a, a sales team and I had all of these scared faces staring at me saying, what are we going to do? And I'm not going to make money and help me. And so that really was a pivotal moment in that, I took them into conference rooms and my obsession with whiteboards began, um, <laughs> which has still carried through till today. And it all, I put up on the whiteboards org charts of the accounts of our clients. And we learned everything that we could about the client, about their business. How do they make money? What's important to the CEO? All of those, you know, account plans that I know in my brain, all the things that you need to know. Yeah. And then we charted out the org and we looked at, for example, GE. So GE has GE corporate. We had one contact within GE and we had a $800,000 contract. And we were told the person that signed the contract was no longer there. And we were told, good luck. Um, do not even have an expectation that we would get over $400,000 for the renewal. And so I had an account manager looking at me saying with tears in her eyes, I'm never going to make money. I'm going to get fired. Um, and that wasn't the case. We went in, we org charted out. What does GE look like? We looked at corporate. We looked at all of the different divisions and the business units. Yeah. And we did planes, trains and automobiles and literally went out and spoke to everybody and anyone that we could within those divisions. Up and, and out. We did. We, you know what? It, we didn't sell to them. It wasn't yeah. selling. It was let's go have a conversation. And right. we talked about what worked prior to this recession. And we talked about the things that weren't working. And then we talked about what do you want to be or who do you want to be known as an organization when we come out of this so yeah. that you have the upper hand and you are the organization that people want to go to. We took those, um, we took all of our learnings from three months of us just going out and having these conversations Yeah, and we wrapped them up in a bow and we brought these insights to the corporate office. Um, and this woman who had told us don't even think that you're getting 50% of your renewal, um, looked at everything that we had put together 
and she said, you went out and spoke to all of these people across all of GE. And I didn't know whether to answer her yes or no. because I Could have been really that. good or really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. And he was just, you know, sort of this, there was no emotion. Right. And so, again, my account manager is sitting next to me, petrified. And I said, no, we did. We went out and we spoke with everybody. That's our job. You know, we are in a partnership. And yeah, she said, I've never seen anything like this. I'm putting you in front of Steve Thorne, who was the SVP of HR at the time, who reported right into the CEO, Jeff Mel at the time of GE. Mm -hmm. He came out, he met with us, and he said, you know, I just, I want to let you know that I've never, I don't meet with our partners and our vendors. Um, I have a team of people that do that. He said, but what was shared with me from what you and your team, Maureen, had done and these insights that you brought back to us, he said, we, these are insights that we would never be privy to. These, we, we have learned from you things about our organization that we otherwise would not know. And so at that moment, I said to myself, why would we ever sell any other way than this, right? And so when you really think about it, it's quite simple. It's you figure out what you have. Is it good? Does it bring value to the organization you're talking to? And does the CEO of that organization have an initiative or a priority that they have stated publicly Right, that these are the three things that we're focused on. If what you're selling in your solution aligns with their need, then you go all in. Right. And you go and you don't go to that CEO and say, hey, Mr. CEO, um, I know that this is your initiative and this is what we have and who we are and this is why we're great. That's not going to get you anywhere. Sales doesn't work that way. Yep. And again, it goes back to 2008, trying to figure out how do you get doors open to C-level executives and it's getting on the pulse of the business, right? It's going and talking to the people that are doing the work every single day and getting those insights across an organization to be able to bring to a higher level. That's your credibility gained. That's they are listening to you now because they see you've actually done the work and you've very thoughtfully got come ahead with both challenges that you've identified, but also opportunities for them to get better. Yeah. And so wrapping up the GE story, that $800,000 contract that we were told we were not even going to get, we'd be lucky if we got 400 we actually increased that contract to over a million because of the work that was done by simply going out and learning and understanding and aligning the value of what we had with what they needed. I love that. You know, the reason I love this story so much that you shared is, you know, especially with it being in a down market current to like what we are looking at today, you know, you thought about the way that do that you did things differently and you actually went out and just your intention was 
you know, obviously to save the business, but the true intention was to provide so much value as a partner and really earn the title of partner in a sense. And I think there's so many times now where salespeople will go out and try to uh, sell a product with features and benefits. And that's not how you sell products, especially now, right? It's Mm -hmm. providing value, true partnership and solving problems. The only way that you know what the problems are are having conversations with the right people. That's right. It's funny. I have, you know, I've now throughout the years, I've from built from the ground up um, enterprise, new business teams. And with that comes building out a team of BDRs. Yeah. And so my, in my last role, I had the wonderful experience of having BDRs report directly to me and it was um it was interesting they are so eager to learn Mm -hmm. you know typically like right out of school and I think back to when I was pushed right into sales if someone didn't have patience with me and someone didn't say keep going you can do it yeah and you know so I, I always keep that perspective and so I had these BDRs reporting directly to me And I would say to them, you will not get a hundred emails and scrape them off of, out of Zoom. And you will not put a hundred emails into outreach and you will not blast a generic message about who we are. Because I'm telling you right now. We appreciate that. Right? Like, think about it. You, if you're taking and you're just putting one message out, think of the amount of emails that managers, vice presidents, executives get on a daily basis. Absolutely. And unless you have a compelling message that you're coming forward with, then you're going to get deleted. And so I say to them, the time that it took for you to go find those names in Zoom info, check them out on LinkedIn, to then put that blast out that's wasted time so you just wasted congratulations you wasted two hours of your day um so let's go do something that will really make an impact to your business and put more money in your wallet essentially Mm -hmm. right and so it's that it's that customization of how do i bring value to this person how can I bring value to the organization and how do I align what it is that I'm selling to be able to have that conversation? And again, for what you just said, it's all about getting on the pulse of the business and having those conversations with those that at the organization that are closest to it. Otherwise you're just guessing, right? Yeah. You're taking, you know, we always have the, these, the, the cheat sheets that you can put in front of you while you're cold calling. And it's, uh-huh. I am the VP of sales. And this is what you say to them. And, you know, all the very cookie cutter. That's great yeah. and everything. And it's a guideline. But when you start really getting into that flow of a conversation and they see you're invested and they see that you care about, yeah. you know, this conversation that you're having and you're actually looking to be a partner, then that's when things just change in your career. And so, you know, I I look at that and it's been modified. Um, That process that I Mm -hmm. put into play, of course, has been modified from 08 to now. 
um, I, a couple of years ago, I was at a software company that um, we grew significantly um, and we, I had started a new business enterprise team, um, built out this team of people who from nothing, right? From no prospects in CRM, we had no outbound messaging. We had scratch, we, love it. Scratch, literally. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we built it out and we rocked it. We, these guys were committed. Um, they were hungry and driven and they knew that they were the trailblazers at the company, that they yeah. were the ones that were going to, people were going to say, we never thought we could do that. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm proud to say my teams are always the ones that people say, how did you do that? We never thought we could do this, right? And again, it's all, it goes back to the simple things of what you should be doing in your day-to-day. -day. Your time is equally as important as your prospect's time and as your client's time. And if you think about that time that you're putting into this and you make that impact to the business. And so we, we grew so quickly um, and we were very attractive. We were being looked at to get acquired through, by a number of companies. Um, we ended up getting acquired by Vista Equity, which is a, I'm sure you're familiar with Vista. Mm -hmm. um, and their go-to-market was very much aligned with the way I have been leading my teams and, you know, that process of aligning the value and they really, I worked elbow to elbow with the team um, after we got acquired and I worked on the whole go to market with them, which was an unbelievable experience. Yeah. And it really just, it dotted the I's and crossed the T's on all the things that I had been doing with my team, but really further refined it. Yeah. Um, so it was a, a tremendous experience that also made me feel good because, you know, you've got this unbelievable company um, who's coming in and, and implementing a process that was very similar to one that I had just naturally sort of picked up because I had no choice. Absolutely. Uh, I, did, I wanted my teams to be successful. Yeah. You know, it's, it, you know, you bring up a lot of great points, you know, speaking to all the, the, the new sales professionals out there, even the seasoned ones, right? Like take your time, do the research before you send a message out. You know, we, we as sales leaders or, just people in general are getting hit up more and more often and you have to find a way to stand out, right? I get a 20 to 30 spam calls a day. And so if you don't, if I, if I pick up the phone and you don't have a clear differentiation or a message or a value to me and, and how this is going to, how you're going to help improve my business or know something about my business before you call me and pick up the phone, you you're already at a disadvantage um but you you know you bring up vista equity right like great you know i think there a lot of vc companies out there um are thought of in a negative in negative way and one thing that i've what i found um you know have having working for um a vista equity companies previously was you know the value selling that they come in and and really preach in in aligning the CEO's uh, objectives to what you're trying to you're trying to solve and the problems you're solving 
That is always the way to go. And so love to hear uh, that that was a good experience for you as well. The people at Vista um, are doing a great job. So we'll give them a little pat on the back and maybe give them a tag right. here. That's right. Yep. They, um, it's all because if you really think about it, right, if you sit back and think about how hard it is to sell, yep. selling is hard. It's, it's not, not easy. It's not job. an easy job. Yeah. It's not. It's not, it's in, and, and I've seen people who I've, I've interviewed, I did 250 interviews last year to build wow. up my team at um, my last company. And, you know, I'm selective. I make sure that I'm, I hone in on, does this person really want this? Do they have that drive? Do they have desire? Do they, what are the things that I look for? Right. And so there are some people that when I tell them point blank, like, Here's the deal. You either get on the bus with me yeah, and we're going to do this together and I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to do it with you. Or if you think this might be too much for you and you think that, you know, maybe this isn't the place, I'm okay with that. Right. But I want to be really honest with you as your leader. I'm going to push you to do things that you've never done before. Yeah. And probably going to be pretty uncomfortable at times, but the benefit and the reward that you are going to receive from doing that. It's like, that's, you just catch that bug. And then you, you know, you get one small win to another small win to another small win. And then it's, you know, the work that you put in, you reap the benefits from. And in in the clients and our prospects appreciate that, right? They appreciate having a trusted advisor who's coming to them, who really cares about, how we're aligning to what's important to them. And mm-hmm. if you don't align to what's important to that company and organization, why are you calling? Yeah. Right? Like, why are you picking up the phone and calling this company? We have no value to add to them. Right. <laughs> there's, there's no initiatives of priorities we can help. <laughs> there's a lot of companies out there today that you can be calling on. Why are you wasting your time on this one? Right? Yeah. Yeah, spot on, spot on. Um, I love to hear like, you know, similarly how, you know, Beth saw potential in you, you know, has there been any times in, in your career where you've saw the potential in someone else and like, um, and maybe there's multiple people that you, that you've thought and said, Hey, and you've kind of brought them up into different positions, but what are their common, um, characteristics that that person had or attributes that they were showing to say like, Hey, they're ready for the next type of role. So that's a great question. Um, I believe wholeheartedly in giving people the opportunity if you see something in them, right? And so coming out of the gates, is that person going to crush it right away? No. And so you as that person have to say, all right, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And so through my career, um, I have had two of my babysitters. So two girls, women, um, that were first babysitting my kids. And <laughs> I said to one of them, hey, so like when the kids are sleeping, do you want to earn a little bit more money? And she said, <laughs> me. And I said, I need someone to help build out lists for me. Right? So like, and she said, 
okay, so what do I do? And so I showed her. And Teach I her how to prospect. Her. I mm-hmm. love it. Okay. And she all of a sudden was like building out these lists and she was finding and we sort of modified things together. And it got to a point where I said to her, okay, I can't have you babysit my kids anymore. because <laughs> you're, you're too valuable. Yeah. So you find me. You find me another babysitter, call one of your girlfriends and see who can, and I'm going to open a door for you and you're going to come and work with me. I love that. And this, you know, one individual, um, she came in and I think a lot of it was her drive and her desire was her not wanting to let me down. Um, But she immediately came in and was recognized out of the gates from a, she went as a BBR, she crushed it. She got promoted to small business AE, crushed it. She got promoted to a national account executive, crushed it. And so right now she's in a leadership position and at another company. And, you know, I look at that and I say, thank God, I thank God I pushed her. Thank yeah. God I saw something in her. Um, and then same scenario, my sales admin um, at one of my companies, she would, she was so curious. She would ask me all these questions about, so, you know, how do you go about doing that? And what does that meeting look like? And who are the people you're meeting? And she was just always asking questions, more questions than my team was asking. Right? <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? Something's up here. And so same thing. I said, all right, let's go. We're going to, do you want to do this? She said, yep. Yep. Same thing. She got promoted and promoted and promoted. And now she's a leader um, at a very reputable company, just crushing it, Um, has babies of her own now. And I keep telling her, I said, you better find a babysitter that you see and you believe in (laughs) right into this role. So, um, yeah. I love that. Sending it full circle, you know, as I hear those stories, right, like I hear curiosity, I hear coachability, I hear drive, right? And as I think about those different attributes in different salespeople that um, I've been able to help throughout the years, right? Like, I think those those qualities remain true. And so my message to all the salespeople out there that may be looking to make the next step, like, don't wait for that next step to come to you, right? Like, be curious, be coachable be a hand raiser, um, have that owner's mentality. And I think, right, like that'll help bring you to the next level and help people understand, right, um, that you're ready for that next type of role. If if you are one of those people that are is always sitting back and letting opportunities come to you, um, you know, it, I'm not saying you're not going to rise to the top, but it's going to be a much longer journey for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, are, so I, I love know, that. You know, there have been people that, you know, I can just think off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, two specific guys who would always say, I'm so sorry for calling. You know, I don't want to bother you. And I would say, like, you're not bothering me. This right? is your like, job. Yeah. This is this is what I do. You're not bothering right. me. I'm right. actually, I'm happy you're asking me these questions. I'm happy that you want to have a powwow with me. I'm happy that you want to sort of, you know, to strategize together. Yeah. It's the, it's the sales professionals that 
are wanting to better themselves and they're asking for help and they're asking to strategize. And, you know, it, very rarely will you see a, an individual who is, I've got it, I know it all, I can do this on my own. And they're part of a team, right? But they're really not. They're in it for themselves. Yeah. You know, they don't, they will do anything to get to that number. Even railroading people on their teams, right? Sure. Like, I don't have time for those people. Like, yeah. I, it is, to me, I would, I don't care how good you are and how much money you've brought into the organization. If you're an asshole, right? <laughs> and you can't get along with your team and you can't collaborate and you can't help and want to better others. Like to me, that's not, I don't need people like that. And so I'm sure there's another place for you. 100% you'll be successful there, but, but not here. And so the teams I've built have really, when I look at from when I start to when I leave, and that's typically what I've done is I go in for two, two and a half years and I, build and I put in the processes and I operationalize and I get that team up and running and like, you know, and, and there they are. I like yeah. going and doing that again. And the most important thing out of the gates is getting that collaboration between and amongst the whole team, that sort of earning of trust, right? So I don't expect to come into an organization and have a team say, yeah, she's great. Let me do this with her. It's, I have to earn that trust with the team and credibility. And sometimes it's hard, right? It's, there's sometimes it's people have got a wall up and they're like, look at, I'm in sales and I'm doing my thing and I don't want you ruffling my feathers and, you know, I've been successful. But when I sort of break down that wall and they actually will start, you know, taking some of the things, the tactics that I say to them, you've been very successful to this point. If you do this, you're going to take it to a whole nother level, right? Yeah. And it's those people that have said, okay. And it's sort of like, "Mm, here we go. But they do it. And then they went, wow. Like my, my career has taken a dramatic change for the better. In yep. that I just, I listened to somebody who, you know, I have to earn that trust. And it's, um, to me, it's the most important thing that with my peers that I work with, there has to be trust. With my team, there has to be trust. Because yeah. again, sales is very hard. And at the end of the day, when times get tough and your back is up against a wall, and you know, fingers are getting pointed at you. It's very, very easy for someone to say, it's not my fault. It's marketing's fault. It's product's fault. It's finance's fault. Yeah. No, it's not, right? Like if we all are in this together and we are all working towards a common goal, then my goal in sales is very different than the goal in marketing, which is very different than the goal in product but we're all working to the same thing, right? 100%. Just like companies are all working for the CEO's initiatives and priorities. Yep. They're all doing different things, but they're gonna get there. And so we need to do it together. And if something goes bad and people start pointing fingers, that's it, 
right? Like that's that, those are the organizations that you look at, they don't work, they're not successful. And it's, you've got to have that trust and you've got to have that celebrating small wins along the way, not, you know, not just celebrating a huge deal that closed, celebrate getting an appointment. Yeah. At the company. Sometimes it's the small things. Absolutely. 100%. So, you know, you bring up a really great point and I don't think it's talked about enough. You know, us as leaders, like we, we try our best to then develop and, and build this trust within our team and build this team, uh, build the, build a, uh, a place for a continuous improvement, um, within our culture. But a lot of it, right. It only takes one salesperson or one person in general on a team to bring down team morale and, and being a new leader coming into an organization and trying to build that that place of of culture that you want in, in a in a really great team is difficult sometimes. And so my advice to salespeople out there is be vulnerable with your leaders. Um don't don't make it difficult for them to build this trust and that muscle. Um because at the end of the day, their success is based off of your success. And so utilize them as a tool in your tool belt. Um, to help bring you to the next level, because reality is like there's a reason why they they've been brought into this position, and whether that's them scaling the team or building out new teams, um, it's it doesn't happen overnight. But building the trust with your with your sales leader will absolutely propel your career and put you in a in a light, uh, maybe for a promotion or maybe for the next next step in your career, because you never know where that where that next step will be. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, only other thing I wanted to bring up too is, you know, you, you talked about reps asking for help, right? And what I found, at least in my side, and I'd love to hear from you, like sometimes it's difficult for reps to ask for help. And so what are some of the ways that, uh, that y- you give opportunities for reps to ask for help? Um, and I'll also share some of mine as well, but I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, so that's a great question. I think oftentimes, and I've been guilty of it myself. I think we all have. Right, right. So it's, if you ask for help, how is that going to be? Are they going to look at you as if it's... Is it a a weakness, right? Is it a weakness? Yeah, yeah. Right, Right, yeah. Sure. But it's not, right? And again, it goes back to, it goes back to, yes, you were hired in that role for a reason. They're keeping you in that role for a reason. Mm-hmm. And just like I've told you when I come into new organizations and I tell people what my expectations are going to be and what the near future looks like. Yep. And I give them the opportunity to opt out. So I Ooh. think this is what we're going to do. This is what it's going to be. Do you want to do this? Yeah. And so it's get on the bus or let's find another role for you at the company. There because you go. you've determined that you don't want this. And so when you do that, now there's a level of, okay, we're all here. There's an understanding. We all want to be here together. And so you can ask me the strangest questions that you've ever wanted to ask. I don't care (laughs) because you're here, right? So like, we're here together. If I would rather you ask me a question, as dumb as it may seem to you, Mm -hmm. right? There's probably other people sitting on our team that have the same question. 
Absolutely. That's not afraid to ask it. So you be the person to ask it. And yeah. that person or those individuals that do that, they're the ones that get ahead all the time. They're the ones that they don't wait and say, I think I know what she's talking about, or I'm going to assume I know what she's talking about, and then not be right. Because yeah. that's not good for anybody either. Right? It's like, now you're wasting my time. Now you're wasting your time. Just ask me the question. And we can just cut out like three days of you running around really not knowing what to do. Absolutely. So I like to create cultures of vulnerability. Um, and what I do is, so example, the last company I was at, I had started during COVID. And so I had never um, been introduced myself to my sales team other than in person. Well, this time I had to do it on Zoom and I had all of these Zoom boxes looking at me, straight faces thinking like, yeah. who's this lady? What's she about? What is she going to do? She's going to micromanage me. I don't want to micromanage her. Like just, I could see it. if oh, there were yeah. bubbles popping out of their heads. I could see what they were saying. And they're like, she's kind of crazy. And so, um, I, I like you're crazy. Like, I'm like, here's the deal. Like this is, and I said, I'm going to be vulnerable right now. I said, like, I'm sweating right now. <laughs> I've never been so nervous in my career as I have right now, because I've never had to introduce myself to a team on Zoom who was looking at me, no reactions, no smiles, no nothing. Yeah. I said, so like, I'm being vulnerable right now. Like, this is scaring me to death. And, you know, I kind of broke the team down at that point where it was, they saw me being vulnerable and they saw that I'm a human being and they saw that, you know, I'm, I'm here to make you successful. I'm yeah. here to make the company successful. I'm not here to be this micromanager, you know, person who's going to be breathing down your neck, this and that. Look at, if you are a true sales professional, you want to be here and you want recognition or you want money. Yep. It's one of the two of them. Mm -hmm. And so I have to believe that you are here and you want that. And until you prove different to me, I'm all in with you. Right. And so it's that sort of that breaking down and showing them it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to ask questions. It's, I want you to. And, and I always, when one of the things that I have implemented at all of my companies with all of my teams is after a meeting that I attend with them. So whether it's, you know, individuals I'm attending meetings with, or it's my leaders that, you know, I'm giving them feedback after a meeting, um, I do three things that were good and three things that I can see you needing to improve on. Love and so it. it's the three by three. And so my teams get so used to the three by three that I've walked out of meetings before and they're looking at me. They're like, so, I'm so like, where's my notes? So. And they go, <laughs> where's the three by three? You know, yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Because they want it right. That feedback, they need that 
It's like little kids. They need that discipline. They need to know that like someone actually cares and is giving them that feedback. And so that three by three is something that as I've implemented and I tell my teams right out of the gates, this is what I do. This Mm -hmm. is how I operate. This is not a surprise. So people aren't saying, well, she does a three by three with me. Does she not do it with you? Nope. She does it with everybody. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you did this awesome. You did this. You sounded awesome on this. Some of the things I could see doing a little bit differently might be, how would you think about doing it this way? Or I could see, you know, at one moment there was this. And then it's like, let's work on that, right? Like let's improve so that next time. And then when I come with that, you know, I, by chance I'm with that person again, or I speak to their leader and I say, how did they do in the next meeting on this? Right. So it's like that career development, but it's just a continuous, continuous, continuous where it's not, you know, let's do a half year review and an annual review to tell you how you're doing. It's yeah, I'm going to tell you how you're doing every single day. And guess what? I'm going to ask you how I'm doing. Right. Like, oh, I want you to give me feedback. Like, Tyler, yeah, love that. Like, what do you think about, you know, I'm seeing some blank stares and I'm seeing some, you know, sort of like eyebrows. What do you think's going on? Am I, am I not resonating? Am I, you know, am I sort of over everyone's head right now? Like, can you give me feedback? The feedback's a gift. And yeah. it is the best gift that you can give to people. Um, and that's how you grow people. You're spot on, right? And I think as we all um, take a little bit away from that is all, everyone needs to be open to continuous feedback, right? Like we're all um, able to get better and, and so you you bring up a really funny point, right? Because in my one-on-ones, I structure it this way, and, and I started doing this really early on as a leader. Like, what went well this week? What didn't go well? Um, what's one thing that you can improve on? And what do you need help on? And, you know, you talked about, like, asking feedback from your team. Like, I was I was not a big big proponent of that. I never did that. And so someone asked me once, why don't you have something on here that you that from my perspective something you can improve on? And I took a step back, like, whoa, I'm, <laughs> you know, coming from uh, my my wife will tell you, you know, she, I I often say that I'm perfect, and so to hear from someone else that I may not have been um, perfect in all aspects of life, you know, in reality is where none of us are, and you know, she made me add one additional question uh, to my one on one that says. What's one thing? What's one thing that I can do better to support you? Mm-hmm. And I started getting answers in a way that I think has made me a better leader. Um, and so, you know, asking no for doubt. feedback and providing it in a way that's really tactful and strategic, I think is 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 missed, um, but needed. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. What what would what advice would you give to like a you know, a manager that's you know, a new manager that's just starting to build a team and really trying to build a team of culture and like, where, where should they start? Like they, they're trying to figure things out. They're trying to get a grabs on the team. Like maybe help them out a little bit. So I would say oftentimes as a first time leader, um, you may have been promoted from within, 
And so yeah. now it's an even harder role because you're actually leading people that you worked with as your peers. Ooh. Yeah. And so I will always say to people, if you have any desire to be a leader, then you need to, as an individual contributor, act like a leader before they even let you interview for that role. Love and that. so that is how I believe I've been moved ahead in my career because Beth saw in me years ago, I was, I just naturally took the reins and I took initiative and I asked questions and I led meetings and I did things that helped my leader without being asked. Right. And so it was, how do you act like that leader? It's a no brainer when the time comes and the opportunity arises for you to go interview for that role, then they say, it's, there's no interview here. I mean, you, you've been doing the job. Yeah. And so that is always, you know, it's, it's act like the leader before you're even in the role. And then when you come into a new team, it's that earning the credibility, right? So you have to have credibility in order to build trust. Sure. And if you think about that, so I talked about it a lot with building credibility with clients and prospects for them to trust you, to want to buy from you. Yep. It's the same thing with your teams. It's you've got to mm. earn that credibility and you've got to earn their trust before you can sit down and actually start giving them feedback about things that they're doing and or not doing. Yeah. And so it's a quick, you've got to be able to relate to people and find out what drives them, right? Like find their why you, know, you have money to do or it. recognition, but like, yeah. what is it that drives this person? And if it's them having an email sent out, you know, with their name in it, then when they do something, then that's what you need to do as a leader. Like yeah. you, not everybody is cookie cutter. I'm going to do this and this and then this. It's yep. you're working with all different individuals who all have different needs and wants and desires of like how I want to get there and what, how I operate. And you've got to figure that out really quickly. Of like What drives this person and how can I get this person excited and how can I give them that momentum? And if you think about it for anybody that has children, it's you telling your kid they did awesome. So you could have Johnny get up to bat and they struck out mm -hmm. and you're like standing on the sidelines going, like, Oh boy, like mm -hmm. this is ugly. This is awful. There's two different things you can do. You can get into the car and be like, what are you doing? Like yep. keep your eye on the ball. You got to do this. Or you get into the car with the kid and you say, you did awesome. Like how, what, how did you feel? Did yeah. you feel like you, and they'd say, but I didn't hit the ball. That's okay. But yeah. you came a lot closer to it today than you did yesterday. There it is. And so you have to do that with your team. You have to say, you know what? You're going to win some and you're going to lose some. Yep. And you have to learn from the, the reason, you know, learn from your losses. But if you put someone in that position of, I don't feel like I'm good enough. I feel like I'm... I feel like my job's at risk. I feel like I'm under the spotlight. I feel like 
you know, at any point in time, I'm going to get a call from HR and this is it, I'm over. Like <laughs> people can't operate that way. Yeah. Right? Like you can't operate under that stress and you can't operate under that constantly wondering, what does my leader think about me? You need to always know what your leader thinks about you. And it's that feedback of you, you today, you didn't hit the ball. Today, you lost a deal. But you know what? Like, get up off that, the ground. You fell off your bike. You skimmed your knees. You get right back on it. Yeah. Because if you don't, then you know what? Shame on you. You oh, don't really well. want it. Yeah, yeah. But you get back on that bike and wipe the tears away. And I say it all the time. Like, <laughs> you put your girl panties on and you deal with it. Yeah. And let's go and let's do it. And that, to me, is the... I see people react very differently when I say, it's all right. It's like not a big deal, right? Like it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And it's people, I believe, that's why I build strong teams that really care about each other and the success of the team and the success of the company because I believe in them and I give them opportunities and I cheer them on even when times aren't, you know, all that good. So yep. very direct with them and I'll give them very direct feedback. And there's never a question of like, where do I stand with this person? Um, we're all human beings. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what role you're in, right? But especially as a sales leader, it's even more important to be able to hone in on those things of what's important to these people. How can I drive this person? You know, how can I get Tyler who might be down in the dumps today? Because, you know, he got hung up on. 50 times For and someone's not getting back to him. Like, how can I get his mind right in a different place? Yeah. And, you know, quickly, like there's all different tactics of that, right? Like if building a pipeline. So mm -hmm. if you don't have enough opportunities in your pipeline and you lose one, well, you should out of luck. Like it's going to take a while to go build. Coming from scarcity. Up. Absolutely. Right. Like a little right. bit different of a mindset. Mm -hmm. And you're working in that fear of like, oh no. But if you listen to a, your leader yeah. who's saying, this is what we're going to do every single day. These are some different tactics. These are some different ideas that I'm going to share with you if you start implementing them. You're going to start building a healthy pipeline. Yep. And the blow of one opportunity not coming in is not going to be nearly as bad when you have all those other opportunities in the pipeline Absolutely. as if you don't have any. Yep. So it's that, that constant mindset of like doing the right things, getting ahead of it, thinking forward, not just in the immediate, but the near term, because yeah. everything changes, right? Like it, things change so quickly. And we saw things, the world change with COVID. We saw the world change in 2008, 2009. Who knows what tomorrow is going to bring, but you just, you got to prepare yourself. And as a leader, you need to be the leader that's preparing your teams so that 100%. everyone's in a good space. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're spot on there. I got one last question for you. And, and it's a little bit of a different one. Like when you leave this earth, how do you want people to remember you? So I, that's a great question. And I think it's actually how I operate every day with my teams. I want Beautiful. people to say that I was fair, yeah. that I cared about them, that 
I was super invested in their success. And I would never want someone to say she was harsh, she was mean, she was didn't care about, it was all about the number, it was yeah. all about, right? Like to me, I may make millions and millions and millions of being that way and it's all about the number and harsh and getting to the number of wrong way. Yep. But I want to be known, you know, when I leave this place of like, wow, like she really cared about her people and she instilled in them, like, you know, being just positive role models for the rest of the company and being positive with the people that you work with and not pointing fingers at people and like taking ownership. And to me, I say it all the time. It's just like with my kids. I say, don't you ever ever, ever, ever talk bad about another child in school. Because you know what? You don't know what's going on with that child. Mm -hmm. And when that child goes home at night and they lay their head on the pillow, they're probably crying because you were mean to them in school today. And think yeah. about that. Yeah. And so I want to be able to have my teams and the people that work for me and my friends never, me never have that, you know, laying on the pillow saying, was I unfair? Or did I not do something right with this person? So I I try and live that way. I make mistakes, of course. We all do. Yeah. Um, but that's that's who I want to be known as. Well, I love that. And I think, you know, if we looked up in the in the definition book of, of a true leader, you know, a lot of those qualities that you mentioned there um would be in there. And and so I I appreciate you taking the time and uh you know, this is another episode of How the Grades Do It. And so we appreciate you jumping on with us.